0: What's the longest film you've watched david can you
1: remember got the longest film. let me have a thing that's a very good question um it's going to be the classics like shindler's list titanic i'm trying to think is there a film out there that's that's correct into battleship oh battleship betenkin yes i have sat through that many so a time I. many a time yeah, I mean, A-level film, and when doing film studies as a degree, and I can't admit that I kept conscious the whole time. Isn't that... Because
0: uh, I remember watching that university. Well, I wasn't concentrating at all.
1: Oh, I just totally just go off into another world. I remember. I know the uh, the stair scene is important, because Brian De Palma was inspired by it. Yeah. With the pram going down the stairs with the uh, shootout with Kevin Costner in the Untouchables railway station scene. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you can tell that Eisenstein, the director, was a genius because of what he'd worked out editing-wise. But all I needed was a 10-minute documentary explaining that to me.
0: I remember sitting in the back of the cinema, ball out of my...
1: apps, just sat there um, in a dingy room in Chichester College, watching it. Some man trying to feed me culture. It's like there's more to cinema Mr. Edwards and Indiana Jones, but my brain could not take it on basically could not swallow the cultural goodness you know how long it is how long one hour 15 <laughs> me. well it didn't feel like that it felt like a chunk of my life i thought it was about four hours long after i left the classroom i felt like i had been given freedom after being taken as a hostage <laughs> the un had picked me up in a helicopter I thought it was, like, at least three hours. I thought it went on forever. There's some, like, metropolis. At the beginning, I was impressed by that, but after that, I lost my way. I was just, like, oh, what's going on with the underclass and the robots, and... Do you know what the longest film ever made
0: is? Is it the Russian Ark? Oh, I mean, maybe, but it says here, the longest, ever f- the longest film ever made was the 85-hour, The Cure for Insomnia, insomnia directed by John Henry Timmis
1: Fourth. Goodness me, The Cure of Insomnia. I wonder if that's like an ironic title.
0: That's next
1: week, sir. Oh, go Pass it to me, friend. I've got a week to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I do suffer with insomnia, so I think, you know, we could kill two birds with one stone there. Yeah. That'd be perfect.
0: The list of the longest films. Yeah, what are some of
1: them? What are some of them?
0: Okay, these are... Melancholia? I also remember that.
1: Oh, I tell you what, there's a director's cut of Melancholia. So what they every now and then do is release a director's cut. Oh, oh a, seven hours. At seven hours! That's a lot of asteroid shots, isn't that? And Kirsten Dunst looking unhappy. Oh, it's, that, it's, it's that one,
0: isn't it? Yeah.
1: Which is a good one, like a sort of family gathering meal, and they know an asteroid's going to destroy them. Do you know, uh, we've been um, hooked on apocalypse films for years now, because I remember thinking that was a trend at the time, but They're still coming up now, isn't it?
0: Okay, there's a film that was made in 2012 called Logistics. Oh, yes, I've not heard of that, Logistics. 35 days long and 17
1: hours. (laughs) 35 days long and 17 hours. Well, there you go. Surely that's a case that, you know... That should be a case of AKA we didn't employ an editor. I think you're probably. I think did they even bother cutting the, the clapperboard out of that one? Thirty-five days. You
0: wouldn't watch that would you for the.
1: No, absolutely. I mean that's taken over your life, isn't it? You'd feel like a ghost, no, it's taken it's over like a, a month,
0: stalker. Month of your
1: life. Month of your life. of your life. Sat there. Yeah, get your get your maths right, Edwards. It's a month. Do work that out before you sign up and buy a ticket. You're not going to be leaving the cinema for a month.
0: Do you ever remember um, Star Trek: Wrath of Khan?
1: yes that's not that that's about two hours isn't it that's not a massively long one
0: my memory oh yeah it's not even two hours my memory of that
1: i was so fucking bored yes I'm oh, now that's so interesting i was with star trek when i was more mature and grown up like late teens i got a bit more into it and the jj abrahams one is a lot more mainstream where well, it's more like star wars really in places but the early ones I got motion picture, the first one. I remember falling asleep on my lounge carpet watching that, and my dad having to wake me up.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's what I remember. Just remember falling asleep, morning out of the cinema. I must have been like eight years,
1: eight years old. Way too much dialogue. Jesus Christ. The thing is, it starts off exciting because they put those little ear um, monster creatures, parasites, into the uh, ears of one of the star trek fleet characters i think it's Chekhov, and they put his helmet on i remember being taken by that but after that it's chaps in suits having chats yeah it's basically a submarine in space yeah i totally agree with that it has loads of potential the poster looks brilliant outer space good-looking men on the front cover yeah i mean laser guns but after a while it's tv for, for your dad it's not for you
0: chaps in suits Having chats.
1: That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On nice squeaky chairs that you can swivel around in the middle of a um, starship deck. And then you get the odd laser fight. Because you basically expect Kirk to be a bit of a Han Solo, but he's not. He's far more... um, He's a bit of a rogue. He's a Diet Coke rogue, isn't he? Whereas Han Solo is a proper can of Carlsberg. A Diet Coke rogue. You know, There's no sugar there, really. There's nothing, really. But um, the first one... Blimey, that's just, it's about Terra Nova, um, creating a new planet and a planet having a thinking, sentient mind. I was 10 years old. I mean, I'm crying out loud.
0: Star Trek is, I fucking hated Star Trek as a boy. I think
1: I'm born to sci fi and all that business. Give me a break. I always felt quite cheated as well. Do you know what I mean? Because you think it's going to be Star Wars. I think,
0: you know what? You've hit the nail on the head, David. That, that, that was exactly
1: my thing. I've just watched Star Wars, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Where's the giant slug and the lady in the golden bikini? This ain't any good. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, it's proper like office politics. It's not like a bloke wandering around with a massive glow in the dark Excalibur swords yeah. slaying people. <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I guess the irony is Star Trek is nearer to science fiction, whereas Star Wars isn't even really sci-fi, is it? It's fantasy, it's Lord of the yeah. Rings, of a sci-fi, western kind of um, sort of backdrop type of vibe, ultimately. David Edwards,
0: Movie
1: News. Hey, David, what's your movie news this week? Uh, movie news, George Lucas talking about Star Wars... Um, in 2000- uh, for all, to all the
0: listeners out there, we don't just talk about Star Wars and Harrison Ford.
1: That's quite right. And if we do, ring in and I will go to some kind of Harrison Ford rehab and I will remove him from my uh, from my mind. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, we can't just keep talking about Star Wars and Harrison That's Ford.
0: Star Wars, Harrison Ford and Tom Cruise podcast. It's
1: terrible, isn't it? They're the three men of my life. No wonder I haven't got a lady. There's no room.
0: Yeah on then what's your movie
1: news it's the three musketeers um basically george lucas is opening a massive narrative film museum no it's not even film it's just narrative museum in the middle of la it's been um held back because of covid but it opens in 2023 and it's finally opening very very soon and there's pictures of it on the internet it looks like something out of a science fiction film it's like a massive sci-fi dome and inside is going to be the whole history of just visual narrative. LA, all the LA broadsheets and newspapers are banging on about it. So you'll have like, um, you know, Star Wars stuff in there, but other film stuff. But then they'll go all the way back to uh, early film, uh, early visual narrative on the sides of caves. Um, Sorry, you know, so if I, what, what am I looking at when
0: I'm in there? What's going to be in there?
1: Uh, so what will be in there is um, a, a timeline of visual narrative all the way from cavemen egyptians um so as you l- walk
0: through the door there'll be jabba the hut
1: oh probably you'd hope so that's what i think would be at least like 10 pounds your 30 pound ticket to get in yeah. <laughs> laughing as you wander in but apparently it's the hot. he's been it's basically his next big um project since uh, selling all his rights to all his stuff to um Disney. That's been the next thing he's done is like, I'm going to create this massive utopia museum. And the images of it is like something like Logan's rug. You know, it's, it's billions have gone into it. I tell you what, though, honestly, we need to push Star Wars aside. You are We're quite really- right. We, re- we really do. Just not just in this podcast, but in my life generally, it needs to be pushed aside in a big
0: way. your Star Wars t-shirt.
1: I am. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? It's just awful. I was hoping you wouldn't see that, actually. I was hoping that I was cut off at the bottom of the webcam. I thought, you don't need to mention that, Dave. He's was just, just wondering to put some OCD. I haven't. They are just normal Jetpack Star Wars, Wars pants, though? I don't because they're not comfortable. I'm very um, choosy about pants. I always go for uh, 100% cotton um, Marks Spencer's trunks. I would go for a pair I mean, of light. I don't go for any
0: sort of slim slim fit.
1: No, no. I don't like it hugging on, on me type of thing. Have I ever like worn that. You uh, knickers i've never worn like female i've never I have. i've, have I've opened my mind to it definitely i'll give it a go yeah i've i've, I've slunk some on <laughs> quite um what's the feeling what's the sensation
0: i just thought sort i of look nice in them
1: there you go that's what you need isn't there that's what fashion's about it's you know it's um therapy what's i got retail therapy basically if you look in the mirror you gaze in the mirror and it gives you a bit of a dopamine high, the Knickers <laughs> have done their job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you think, oh, my thighs look a bit nice in these.
0: Where do you get your pants from? Because I need to buy pants. I, never I like...
1: always go, um, well, I've gone downhill a bit now. Uh, Martin Spencers used to be my route, but now it's as does George. But it's exactly the same uh, cut and look, basically, Lovely. as what the original Martin Spencers are. I think they take the same pa- pattern and then like take it to a third world country or whatever, being a bit political now and um and produce the same pair of pants because they're exactly the same but they're about five pounds cheaper but they do the job yeah would you watch a movie called pants if it depends if it was um i'd have to read the synopsis it would grab my eyes (laughs) i'd be like what's that about pants is it ironic is it you know is it about third world workers is it about just life being pants thank you so um george lucas is creating some kind of museum yeah, he is. I thought it's going to be a lot more exciting to tell you about, but as i verbalised it, it's very no, really great. It'll
0: be great. Are you going to go over there and have a look?
1: It's no. that old plate. I know. Simple as that. It's it's that plane ticket, isn't it? I, I bloody should do. LA's Why are rather
0: going over there when you can just Google image it?
1: I know it's terrible. It's like when Star Wars World opened in Disneyland. It grabbed my interest, and then I YouTube it. And it's lots of just exhausted, overweight Americans just queuing to get into this giant plastic Millennium Falcon. And when you see it from reality, from a mobile phone, you just think, oh, God. And all these really deeply unhappy actors dressed as Obi-Wan Kenobi pointing to where the toilets are with their lightsabers. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of out of work. Once again, they haven't got a show on the latest, you know, HBO pilot or whatever. And um, the reality is quite grim, unfortunately. So that's George Lucas. <laughs> oh, dear. David Edwards
0: movie review. Last week, we did the random film generator and you had to watch the 1953 War of the Worlds.
1: David, I, I certainly did. I've got to say I, I was very pleasantly surprised. I knew you would be early 50s really wasn't. Um... How did you feel sitting down to watch it? Oh, a bit like oh god this is going to be um very pulpy um like an edwards style sci-fi adventure i have to meet it more than halfway and constantly remind myself well you know this was well over half a decade now it's like 70 years old so you know ridiculous i mean make quakes in your boots i mean this is where elvis would have been at his prime do you know what i mean but i would say um definitely good at creating atmosphere. you imagine if you were 10 or 12 in that cinema in the 50s when that narration comes on, talking about martians looking at us from a in space at earth as their next you know project you would be well into it
0: for anyone who doesn't know
1: war of the worlds david what's it about absolutely you are quite right let's start with the basics basically martians have been gazing and watching and studying earth from afar uh, looking at our resources, and uh, they suddenly t- they take their project into action, and um, they shoot as meteors through the sky. And first of all, we think they're just meteors are shooting into the sky, hitting Earth. But really and truly, in these meteors are machines, inside the machines are aliens, and they blast out of the ground, and they're giant tripods that make the sound of, oh, well, that's more the Spielberg one, actually, than the original. What um, sound? Uh, I don't know. If they, I don't know if they actually have a sound in the original. Actually, what
0: sound would you have used if you had been director in the fifties?
1: Hey, like an electrical cable frequency type of thing. The, uh, like some kind of like Morse yeah. code. So there's yeah. like a Morse code kind of aborigine vibe You're quite to it.
0: Good
1: at noises. I'm quite good at them. Yeah. Oh, thank well. God, I've got to grab a compliment wherever
0: I can. Do you know what I mean? One it's more like... noise, just a re- just a random one.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where that's going from. I think you built my confidence up too much there, oh, and I sort of uh, no, no, no. You
0: should you should you should walk around with your chest puffed out,
1: absolutely like a sort of Tarzan figure wandering yeah. up and down the uh, the high streets of Worthing. Um. So,
0: okay. Well, let's have a little listen to a bit of. War of the World's 1953.
1: Must be somebody in there. Who? Where do you think they come from? How would I know?
0: They're in some place. Mars is near the Earth right now. Happens every 18 or 20 years,
1: they say. Even
0: from Mars.
1: What do you think? Maybe these are not men, not like us. Everything human doesn't have to look like you and me.
0: If it's men from Mars,
1: we ought to let them know we're friendly. Don't fool around with something when you don't know what it is. We'd be the first to make contact with them. See? We'd be in all the papers. How about that? We could show them we're friendly, huh? Uh, Walk out there with a white flag. Hey, I, I I got an old sugar sack. My car. What are we going to say to them? Welcome to California. Come on. <laughs> So you enjoyed it? Absolutely. I'd say um, the narration's great. I would definitely say the special effects, the model work of the special effects really affected the stop motion. You see like an alien hand at one point come out the tripod, the tripods themselves, the, 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 the model work really not bad at all. The ray guns are a bit naff. When they fire the ray guns, it's like um, cell animation. But, I mean, you've got to be realistic. It's the early 50s, so me criticising that is being ultra-critical. And it's in colour, isn't it? It's in colour. Is, um, it is it one of the first movies? Is that what... I don't know. Yeah, you know, I should know that. The first sound movie was obviously Jazz Singer. I don't know what the first... Um, I don't know what the first actual colour... It took a while for colour to come through, because at one point, they uh, even with... Um, Early black and white uh, cinema they'd actually paint some of the cells, wouldn't they? which wouldn't have been actually oh, um, of Oz. It's, was it was? It could have been one of the early ones because one of the big marketing aspects was you know when she left canvas. Wizard of Oz was the first movie to be filmed in color using Oh technology. there you go So well, that would have been the avatar oh, wouldn't yeah. it, of the time. Wow imagine what that was like. So when she left Kansas and actually went into the yellow brick road, that'd have be been like yes. shit. This is like our version of virtual reality. Fuck, that'd have been a real cinema experience. When that tornado, tornado turned up, and she found I mean, herself um, in it's a different dimension, is not right, isn't it? Yeah, so it'd have be been like their Avatar um, James Cameron experience, wouldn't it? Yeah, that, that is interesting. It makes sense.
0: God, you totally stopped snogging your girlfriend in, in the background. Oh
1: God, yeah. Flipping egg, seduced by Technicolor there and then, as opposed to as opposed to being seduced by um, what the lady sat next to you, or and
0: her name would, would be
1: Chavon. Uh, she worked uh, in the local uh, butchers, and uh, your eyes just gazed over the uh, over the counter, and there was just that electricity of love there, that that atom bomb of love. Which reminds me, one of the best scenes of, War of the world real intense they drop an a bomb an atomic bomb so it's during the 15 so it links to the whole cold war paranoia and it's really well done you know politicians making decisions they hit the button everyone's given blast glasses everyone's like in the forest all the um, all the community to leave to make sure they don't get hit by the uh, the uh, blast and then after all that the tripods don't get touched at all doesn't even leave a den and they are literally looking at each other thinking Dear God, this wow. is it. We've we played our ace here, people. We've dropped the A-Ball. What part of the movie is that? That's about three quarters of the way in. You've okay, still got yeah. good, it's at like the beginning of the third act, I'd say, that transition from act two to three. Yeah. At okay. that point.
0: So, uh, you, I'm, I'm really, I knew you, I thought you'd enjoy it because you looked like you were, you know. A bit um, bit of a question thought,
1: mark. Yeah, but I, I
0: thought, no, I think you're going to like this. little bit of,
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely good fun. I would say um, two things that probably held it back from being completely perfect would be—I mean, it's very easy for me to lay criticisms all day. But the main guy they got to play, um, I his name down here—I can't remember what his name is. Oh yeah, Gina Barry, who was a big TV star at the time. He's very wooden. A lot of them aren't. Isn't very. He? Lots of close-ups and just going to can- ask about
0: the acting, the style of acting, what it was like.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more theatrical. I mean, there's a Vicar character who's very theatrical, but you can still go with him. There's some emotions within the theatrical performance, and the female lead's quite theatrical. But it's got to be said, the main lead character, who's obviously very important, because you've got to have a sense of, um, you know, the lead hero is your surrogate self on the screen. They're like your avatar, isn't it? That's the character you're experiencing it through. And he's Gene Barry. Yeah, Gene Barry, that's it. Needing and uh, he's see just see very wooden.
0: Worlds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very, very wooden. And that took me out every now and then. And also, I always find the end of War of the Worlds, even just the H.G. Wells um, original, you know, the novel it's based on, the ending's always a bit of an anti-climax. It's just like, well, they, well, the well, aliens well, well, get... Well, well, oh, yes, well, yes well, well, very well, true. Well, well. well done, sir. I'm like a Labrador about to get my, my snack too early there. Whoa, 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 whoa can I have your chocolate button yet. You've got to roll around on the on the carpet floor. So, out of uh,
0: chocolate ice, five chocolate icees. Would you give War of the Worlds, nineteen fifty three?
1: I will give it four. Would you really? Absolutely. Only for those reasons mentioned earlier would I remove that fifth chocolate ice and put it back in the fridge. I think. Oh. Um, I think. I don't know why. I guess the um, Gene Barry was a big TV star at the time, and it was supposed to be his Bruce Willis from Moonlight to Die Hard. And um, I, you know, I, there's loads of close-ups. Where I think, blimey, mate. I mean, I've only got seen GCC drama, but I think I could raise my eyebrows a bit higher when I saw a tripod going over the hills. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it kind of takes you out of the film. You start thinking, who's your agent? Why did they sign you up? What was happening oh, in the fifties? Oh, right. oh right. I guess you know. Okay, we we'll give it four out of five. Oh, I definitely watched War of the Worlds. A good one for the kids. To sit down. I imagine if I was twelve in the cinema in the fifties watching that, my socks would have blown off. What about now, though? Yeah, you have to meet it halfway because it's fifty-three. I think if you were ten now, you'd still be um, interested. Yeah, yeah. In in a big way. You can definitely tell that film laid the format for future disaster films, and with an alien presence like Independence Day, definitely Spielberg's World of the Worlds naturally because it's a remake of that but um the idea of it being a community the stumbling cop the selfish politician you know all these archetype tropes you can see that they definitely were introduced in that film certainly thank you david absolutely thank, thank, happy to be here thank you for inviting me along david edwards
0: movie tip so what's your movie
1: tip this week Definitely a movie tip. Good one. It's on Netflix now. It's the British film starring Stephen Graham called Boiling Point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chef. It's all in real time. All in real time. All in one shot. Him dealing with his restaurant in Soho uh, with family problems in the background. Film critic comes in that evening. The health and safety inspectors turning up. And um him just dealing with that one night of it literally going to psychological boiling point with the title. It's good, is it? Oh very good. You think, how's this gonna be interesting? This is just, you know, Hainsley Harris on a, you know, on a, having a bad Who? day. Hainsley Harris? Who's the guy a really studying cook? Hainsley Harris. Hainsley Harriet. That's it. There we go. It's just a case of it's just like a like a, a language knob. You just gotta put plan? it around. And slowly it'll come into frequency. Now what's his name? No, what's his name? Um, no, what's his name? That, that's it, yeah. What? No, right. <laughs> Can you remember his name now? Ainsley Harriet. Yes. There we go. There, Ainsley tick Ainsley of the Ainsley. box. That's that's my confidence pushed up now. I've got Ainsley Harriet, There we go.
0: Um, right, because I, I, I've, I, I've seen that on there. I've heard like, good stuff. For some reason, I've
1: had that thing where I'm like, oh, is it really going to keep my attention for... Because it is definitely in real time, isn't it? All in real time, and it's just like the characters are very believable. It's very much based in reality. It's it never slows down. Um, everyone's got their own little mini story. I tell you another good. one. This isn't film. This is TV, and it's still in, still on. Um, it's still linking to chefs. There's a new TV show on FX, uh, Fox, uh, American show called The Bear, and that's bloody good. Is, is this is a film. Uh, it's not. It's a TV show, so I should push well, that what aside.
0: What are you talking? I know about?
1: I've taken liberties there in a big, big way. Let's back to boiling. You know what it. we
0: do when you've uh, when you've um, made an error? What you have to do?
1: I've got to sit on the naughty TV step
0: and, and be a peacock for ten
1: seconds. Be a peacock for ten. Seconds. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Here we go. So we count it down. Yeah. I don't know quite what a peacock does with the head up and down. You don't. Like, have to. But, but. Sorry, I didn't have to do that. That's quite. It. <laughs> That was quite demeaning for me to actually do that, thinking it was expected part of the format. Oh, God.
0: No, you really don't have to be a naughty... You don't have to
1: be a peacock, <laughs> Edwards. Just be a human being, and that's enough. You're, you're finding that a challenge. as well. I'm to turn around and go, fuck off, David. I'm, I don't want to... i 44. 44, don't want to be a peacock. It's had like that horrific scene in The Apprentice, wasn't it, in season two, where uh, in the interview he says, right, be a T-Rex... And he is a T-Rex. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the, um, the guy interviewing says, why do you think that was appropriate during an interview to be a T-Rex? <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to watch that. Horror. Horror story. Oh, that's He had amazing. such a can-do attitude that he actually became a T-Rex. Did the, 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 yeah, the yeah, hands, the mouth. Why did
0: you feel the need to do that? Why is
1: that appropriate in a corporate setting to be a T-Rex? <laughs> I don't know. I apologise. Sorry. Horrific horror.
0: So, sorry, what was the one? Oh, Boiling Point, Stephen
1: Graham. Boiling Point, Stephen Graham, um, absolutely superb. Really, really good. A whole range of different characters. Lots, I don't mean this is a pun, but lots of plot p- plates spinning in the backgrounds. So you've yeah. got the health inspector who wants to close them down. You've got a film critic which is are just hoping they get a good review from. It almost sounds a bit like Faulty Towers at the moment. Sounds like uh, Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. Yes, he's a guy around his kitchen nightmares vibe. Stephen Graham's very good, incredibly relatable.
0: Yeah, who did I work with? I worked with someone recently that worked with him. Fuck, who was that?
1: Oh, I
0: can't remember now, but it's just said he's such a nice man, such a good.
1: And really mixes it up, because I mean, before this, the last film we did was The Irishman, didn't it? With Scorsese, so he does his big American productions but still does the um the British stuff and obviously Shane okay. Meadows he TV.
0: sorry he knows it. he's no George about Bar- Gene Barry or whatever is he oh
1: good grief no he's bagging off Gene Barry absolutely at least Gene Barry got a ticket to LA didn't he yeah you know you've got it you can't knock it you know you've got David was Gene Barry than Stephen Graham you've got to put things in hierarchy at least Gene Barry got off his ass you know he couldn't act be had a cinematic dream He booked that ticket from Kansas or wherever he came from. He flew to LA and he found himself, you know, wrestling with aliens in front of a 35mm camera. I mean, you can't. And then then 70 years later, he gets slagged off by you. I know. There's always a critic, isn't there? (laughs) There's always a man with low self esteem who wants to point out what you've done wrong just to try and boost their own little ego. David Edwards, Random Film Generator.
0: Right, so let's do the random film generator.
1: Yeah, please me. do, definitely. Oh,
0: I love this bit. I, I literally think I think about this during the week, this bit. I get really excited. Oh, I
1: hope so. I definitely hope right, so.
0: So please tell me when to stop, and we'll pick the genre, the first film. Stop. Music. Oh, music, like a musical. Yeah, and the decade from the 1950s to the 2020s, tell me when to stop. Stop. 2020s. Oh, blimey. Okay, tell me when to stop. Stop. Black Pink Light Up My s- Sky. It's what a documentary
1: about the record shattering Korean girl band. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Black Pink Light Up My Sky. Oh, this is so good. When did it come out? What am I talking about? I've just picked a yeah. date. Okay, this is brilliant. Blackpink light up my sky. Korean bands.
0: Second movie genre, please. Tell me when to stop.
1: I'm slightly worried if I even better find that one, but I'll give it a go. Um, genre, um, yeah. Stop. Mystery. Oh, here we go. Uh, decade. Stop. 2020s. Here we go.
0: And tell me when to stop. Stop. Escape Room, Tournament of Champions.
1: Well, I've heard of that one, yes. So basically taking on the Escape Room um, uh, craze, isn't it? It's, it's not by Jason Blum, but it's one of those sort of mid-range horror movies. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, no. Okay. So the third? I've not seen Black Electric either.
0: So the third randomly selected movie. Genre, please. Stop. History. Ooh, here we go. And the uh the decades, please. Stop. Nineteen eighties. Excellent stuff. And we generate Interesting. Okay, tell me when to stop. Stop. Kajimusha. What is that? Kurosawa's lauded feudal epic. Oh my lord,
1: Kurosawa. was that the one that Francis Ford Coppola produced or something I think there was one where like big directors like Zoetrope um, Francis Ford Coppola's production company helped produce that I could be wrong wow okay
0: so we've got Blackpink Light Up Up My Sky documentary Escape Room Tournament of Champions and Kajemusha Kajemusha okay so tell me when to stop
1: stop Kajimusha oh my goodness how do you even spell that I better actually take the spelling down so people can can find it on the internet
0: K-A-G-E yeah M-U-S-H-A K-A-G-E-M-U-S-H-S-H-A. Feudal Epic presents the tale of a petty thief who's rec- recruited to impersonate Shingen, an ageing warlord, in order to avoid attacks by competing clans.
1: Here we go. Let's get rid of rumble. Let's get that cinematic mind open to something new. musha I've never heard of it. Sounds like an 80s pop tune. A grand spectacle
0: of samurais and shoguns.
1: Oh, what more do you want? I'm in. Samurais and Shoguns there you go I'm pretty much hooked in there
0: wow if you can't find it tell me I'll buy it and send it over to you
1: oh that's, that's kind of you I'm sure I'd to get it I'm sure I'd better, um sort it out but it's very kind of you oh, I've got to go David oh, I've got to go thank you so Andy, much absolutely great chatting to you and good luck with everything I'll see you next weekend and I will look forward to checking that out brilliant thank you mate sorry I've got a rush no 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 not at all cheers for making time for me in the morning oh, cheers for making time for me Absolutely well I'm not the one in a hotel, I'm in my own lounge, you know, so it's easy to do. Well I'll see you next I'll see you next Saturday. Take care David, look after yourself, buddy. Cheers, see you then cheers, fine. Okay. Oh yeah. Catch you. Oh yeah. Review, me, David